This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 153. Good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show where we focus on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books and authors, whether it's uh, epic fantasy, urban fantasy, space opera, military sci-fi, whatever you want to call it or read or whatever, we will bring you the best and brightest authors from the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world here for you on the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the show, and we'll start off with my own writing update this week. Um, I recently released the new cover for The Paramedic's Sorceress this week. I uh, just wanted to kind of get it out there for my readers to take a look at, and everyone seems to like it, so that's a good thing. Um, now I just have to finish the book, of course. Um, the end is in sight, though. I'm about three-quarters of the way through the first draft, so we're still on target for releasing it sometime later this spring, and I'm excited about that. Um, as always, you can find more information about what I'm up to, including early looks at excerpts from the new book over at Fun Fantasy Readers, the Facebook group. Um, I post sneak peeks of upcoming covers, special giveaways, and a lot more. And you can find that over at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers on Facebook. Just request to join. Or you can catch up with a lot of that information over at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, in the blog area there. I look forward to hearing from you in either location, so please leave me a comment. I will respond to you. I love to chat with everybody um, who likes fantasy books or fantasy movies, fantasy stories, and sci-fi, all of it. Um, we talk about it in the group, so come on by and join the fun. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into this week's special guest author, Aaron Hodges. Aaron was born in 1989 in a small town of Wakatane. New Zealand. And Lord, I hope I said that right. Um, he studied for five years at the University of Auckland, completing a bachelor's degree in science in biology and geography and gained a master's in environmental engineering. After working as an environmental consultant for a couple of years, he grew tired of the office work life and decided to quit his job and in 2014 ventured out to see the world. And a year later, he published his first novel, Stormwielder, while he was living in Guatemala. Since then, he has honed his skills while traveling through parts of Southeast Asia, India, North and South America, Turkey and Europe, and now has over a dozen books out in his name. He can't wait for the COVID crisis to settle down because he wants to continue his adventures in the world. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in and check out my interview with Aaron and our chat about his Descendants of the Fall series. Aaron Hodges, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's good to have, good to be here. Awesome. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you've got quite an interesting background and have kind of had adventures of your own outside of what you have your characters doing. Yeah. So, well, I'm. If you don't can't pick the accent, I'm from down under in New Zealand, sitting quite pretty here at the moment with uh, the whole situation in the world. But uh, normally, I don't actually live here. I'm. I've, I was the pandemic actually found me living in Argentina of all places, but over the last five or six years, I've spent a lot of time traveling and seeing different parts of the world. So that's how I kind of 
actually found the time to start writing myself and start writing my fantasy books about five years ago. Do you find that when you're traveling that the, the places you visit and the things you see work their way into your stories? And, and how does that happen for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, for Right for, for the starters, the uh, places I visit, I, I, you see amazing places and you just want to jot down notes about what you're seeing and where the, what it's like and what your sensations you're feeling and things just so you can someday in the future include it in a book as a really cool setting that you can describe for your readers. So for starters, just landscapes and waterfalls and harbors and cities even. Traveling through Europe was quite fantastic, just seeing all the different old cities and things and learning about how they came to be the way they are. And, uh, yeah, cultures as well. I've, I've found it really fascinating experiencing different cultures and cities and societies, even some histories. A, one of my personal fav- favorites or most interesting histories I found was in Argentina, how they had their dictatorship and how they date the, how the way their dictatorship actually fell, which was actually a, more of a public resistance in terms of building around of all people, a group of grandmothers that had uh, had their children disappeared by the government, the desaparecidos they call them. And they got together and marched in the square every day for years. And they sort of end up forming the spare point of this revolution that freed the country kind of thing. So things like that have, I've, I've, incorporate into various stories and things and found it really fascinating, those sort of histories and stuff. Is there any place on your list once things clear up here in the world that, that you want to get to next that, that you're hoping to, to build into a future uh, story you write? Uh, I'd love to go back to Argentina. <laughs> it was kind of my adopted home. So that's sort of the one place I've been wanting to get back to. I've enjoyed living there in terms of, places, new places, and adopting things into my books. I still haven't seen Africa, so that one's the big one on the list to go and see one day. But it could be a while, I think, before that one happens now. Yeah, everything's kind of on hold right now, that's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, not here. We, we, we're a uh, normal life here, but that's just because we're a weird little country at the bottom of the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't uh, knock it. Um, you know, I wish, I wish we had some of your, uh, uh, level headedness, I guess I would say here in the States. Uh, hopefully things get yeah. cleared up here, here and in other parts of the world where things are a little crazy as far as the no, pandemic yeah, we're, goes. We're definitely crossing our fingers for you guys down here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's talk a little bit about your story. Um, the Descendants of the Fall is one of the books we're going to series we're going to be talking about, and um, I'm excited to kind of dig into this one. Uh, you, you describe it in the in in the description. Uh, the Shannara Chronicles meets David Gemmel in this epic new fantasy series, um, and then just the, both of those just strike a bell with me because I'm really excited to when I enjoyed those stories, I just remember that that brings back such feelings of excitement. Um, and this kind of old world with, with 
a, a new twist on things. So why don't you explain a little bit about um, that series and, and how it came about? Yeah, no, both of those offers were were very much some of my favorites growing up as well, especially David Gimmel. I think he formed a lot of my early fantasy childhood kind of imaginings with the epic, especially my very first series back to the sort of light where with the big epic quest. And with this series, it's a little bit more of a mixture. It's uh, It's got a little element of almost sci-fi, except more of a historical note. It's a fallen world so at some point there was humanity had a greater society but was destroyed in a great cataclysm and from that there rose two different separate species of humanity one more our traditional sort and a second called the tangata who are considered kind of sub inhuman but also very violent very strong fast more capable in most ways than humans so they've been at war for now for over a decade although their conflicts go back centuries in actual fact right back to the first days after the fall as far as humanity is concerned and so these two species have been at war for a long time now and they really don't like each other they're the tangata are the nightmares you tell your children about and so humanity is losing, and in actual fact, one of the kingdoms of man has already fallen. And our story, the story picks up following three separate characters. One is a Romain. He is one of the last warriors of that kingdom that's fallen. So he still fights on, even though his family and his home and everything he's ever loved has been taken by the Tangata. He's fighting for another kingdom now, just because there's nothing else to form, basically. Then we have our second character, Lucas, who is a young man sent from an island kingdom that's sort of removed from the whole the whole uh, situation. They still send troops to the front lines to aid the war effort to protect the lands, but they're kind of removed from the entire conflict, so they're a bit more relaxed about the whole thing and Lucas doesn't really have a clue what he's getting into when he reaches the front lines. And finally, there's the Queen's archivist, Erica, who that's where things get interesting in terms of she's delving into the secret history of the world and the secrets of their ants of the ancients and who lived alongside the gods of old and have all these different magics, had all these different magics, should I say, and she wants to find a she can, if she can, discover artifacts that might help them in the war. And during her excavations, she uncovers some pretty uh, world-changing things. We'll put it that way. What do you think it is about this kind of um, this kind of fantasy world that develops after? Uh, you know, it's post-apocalyptic, but not in the more traditional sense in that there's this this fantasy world that develops out of the apocalypse. Um, what do you think is it that that really draws us to these kind of stories? Because, you know, it really, the reader seeks, I don't know, so many things from these kind of stories. Yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? I've always, like, I've enjoyed dystopians, and I've written a dystopian myself, and I've written this, which is sort of, 
much further down the track after a apocalypse kind of thing, but never had much interest in myself in the actual straight up post-apocalyptic societies and ruins kind of thing. I think I find it a little too open when you don't have any form of society that everything's just gone and that you have to start from scratch. <laughs> I think it's an inter- it's a difficult format to build yourself in. But as for this sort of sort of story where it picks up much later, I don't know, maybe it's a innate kind of desire for a simpler times. I don't know. <laughs> and maybe maybe there's a part of it of a lot of people that appreciates all the technology we have, but also wouldn't mind just imagining what it would be like if we lost it all and had to go back to medieval times or something. I know when reading um, Terry Brooks's stories, the, um, the Shannara Chronicles and, and, you know, all of those books, I, I, when I first read them, I, I, re- I started getting those hints of things that were in the past and, and realizing that there had been a previous you know, quote unquote modern culture that had somehow disappeared and was, and was no longer there. Um, and, and so then you started looking for hints of it, you know, throughout the future books, like where, where were all, all these other things going to crop up from time to time? Um, and, and you know, it, it's interesting how, um, you and other authors who write that kind of genre, um, seed the, the old world into the new. Yeah, no, I found that, I found, I found I enjoyed that the most as well as just being able to sprinkle hints in there about what was what happened before and how exactly did a second species of humanity appear and what were the gods that they speak about in rumors and whispers and things. And I, I enjoy sprinkling hints of those sort of things through the work and a lot of it is revealed throughout the series exactly what happened and how it happened and why everything came to be the way it is. Now I'm seeing there's four books in the series. Is the series complete at four or is there more to come? Yeah. The fourth one is still underway, but it will be the last one in the series. Uh, Usually two trilogies, but this one got a bit bigger than I was expecting. (laughs) Sometimes that happens, right? I mean, you you know, you're, I, I tend to write in, in trilogies as well. I think because I, I, I think in three acts, and so my overarching stories in a series are are kind of fo- follow that format as well as the st- the books themselves. Um, but yeah, sometimes they get away from you, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. This one, yeah, I, I think I've just been enjoying it. They uh, really enjoy the characters and playing with these the mixture of ancient history colliding with modern day. It's really the reverse. Ancient history was modern day and their present day is more medieval. <laughs> it's interesting when a world kind of captures you that way uh, as you write and, and you discover more underneath the surface than you had originally envisioned or anticipated. Um, it's one of the joys of writing for me. Yeah, no, for sure. I, um, I think as, I find as I write, our first draft, I've come up with more and more ideas of how exactly this world is going to be and how it's going to come together. I'm writing it. I'm taking a break from the last book and writing a separate new series at the moment and finding the same thing is <laughs> sort of discovering it for myself before I can share it with others. 
Well, it's it's that discovery. I I always feel like if if something is interesting and shocking or, or, or a sudden discovery and aha moment for me, I, I, I feel like that's an indication. Oh, that that's going to be that same kind of emotion for the reader too, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's exactly what I love about writing fantasy is you can, well, it's almost like writing a Mr. or fur, I guess it's, it's, it's secrets about the world or characters that you're hiding from the reader rather than, who was the killer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like discovering those things and, and, and letting the characters kind of speak their own minds somehow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, I've, and I've had this discussion with so many authors, but, you know, that moment where the character tells you what's going to happen, you had something planned, but the character says, no, 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 I, this is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. The, um, that, that happened in my only other book in the other series that went over three it was my dystopian and and midway through the third book one of the the uh, characters is like nope I've, I've suffered enough I'm gonna go have a, a breakdown now and that kind of derailed the entire series <laughs> let's talk about that dystopian series a little bit um tell us a little bit about that series and what its name is and and um, what people might expect there well, it's called the Evolution Gene. It is a trilogy now. I uh, re I re edited it, republished it a, a year ago, a year or two ago now. Oof, goes fast. And uh, so the first book is the Genome Project, and it's set in the year two thousand and fifty, after a civil war has kind of broken up America into the Western Allied States, uh, the main sort of power now and the other states have sort of the ones that aren't nuclear wastelands are now their own sort of states like i think texas is itself is is still around and a couple others but for the most part the united states is, is broken up and it's set in a world where a dictator controls the western allied states and anyone that questions or opposes the government disappears along with all their immediate family, unless you're over so many years since you were a either a veteran of the war or the wife of a veteran, basically. So anyone elderly is sort of off limits, but everyone else has a habit of disappearing. And so it follows these two teenagers whose parents were accused of treason, and uh, so they they end up. Well, one of them is accused of treason; the other one. They just picked up off the streets, so she was uh, thrown in with everyone else since the government would rather not have any problems. And uh, so they're taken to this laboratory in the mountains where it turns out the kids of traders aren't actually being killed but rather experimented on. So they uh, go through quite a series of traumatic events during that first book as they meet some mad scientists and maybe a couple of friendly ones that want to help them. <laughs> yeah, you've got quite a few, excuse me, quite a few stories. Um, you know, the legends of the gods, the Knights of Alana. Um, it's, it's great to see that, you know, the, the listeners are going to have so much to dig into of yours. Um, what is it that about your books that you think is, is how you describe your writing to a reader? Oh, good question. I think I've got quite a 
diverse range of characters and stories. Like, uh, since my first series, the sort of light trilogy is more focused around some young adults. The main character's only 17. But then there is a follow-up series of Legend of the Gods that you mentioned as a uh, second trilogy set in the same world, but a few hundred years later that is uh, that follows a more 20-year-old, a couple of, uh, of characters in their 20s, and they fa- face uh, quite different challenges. The first series is a big dark enemy that is seeking to invade the lands and they have to do everything they can to ally with the gods and things to stop them. Whereas the second series is more of a dictator control, a, a Tessa Tessa controls the world and they're trying to just survive underneath it. (laughs) So there's a lot of diversity. There's always long odds against my characters. I guess I would, Describe, although I don't know if that's exactly unique in fantasy. There always seems to be the big bad that uh, the characters are really up against. But then, because of that, I think my characters tend to be very resolute and resilient in terms of not giving up and supporting each other and fighting whatever the odds and and so on. No, that's excellent, and and you know it, it's. I think the readers are just so hungry for good fantasy stories and 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 uh, and, and a variety of different formats and, and eras that um, there's there's plenty for uh, folks to uh, get out there and find and, and it's always exciting for me to be able to share with them um, somebody like yourself who has so much to draw from um, that they can kind of get a you know it's it's almost like a buffet you know they can they can pick what they want and and uh, read read a little bit of everything, which is exciting. Um, I noticed you have a a pretty active uh, Facebook group, um, you know, that you, that you keep going and and posting frequently. Um, What is it you, um, what is it you look to achieve? Like when you, when you interact with folks on those things, are you, are you working to um, get to know your readers in, 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 in a personal sense, or do you just like to answer questions? I mean, what's your favorite way of interacting with them? Yeah. I mean, off my Facebook group, it, it's a fairly new Facebook group. I think I started it well, a few months, quite a few months ago now, but um, yeah, I've been, I try and interact with them with people, share a bit of what I'm up to each week and, and uh, what I'm doing in terms of writing and, what's coming up, but also just sharing funny moments and asking people to, at times what they think of my own books and what they like and what they don't didn't like and, and so on. It's still a work in progress. I would describe my Facebook group, but um, I think it's uh, coming along. <laughs> I noticed that you, um, you've been following the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Um, I'm just, um, just getting to the end of part one of that. So, so I'm so looking forward to digging into the rest of the th- four seasons. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. How, how do you, um, you know, what, what do you enjoy as far as fantasy in other formats like movies and TV? Yeah. No, Sabrina was quite an interesting show. The, um, I think I found the first season was probably my favorite, but there's some other good ones. The, uh, very different from the original. I thought it was one of my, key things it was quite 
unique how they mix the old and the new. But yeah, the uh, I, I enjoy all sorts of fantasy and sci-fi. The uh, so usually more adult than than uh, young adult kind of thing. The uh, the various kind of adaptations I'll call them of Twilight. I haven't haven't really done much for me, but Game of Thrones and 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 even Supernatural was one of my favorites. Although I still haven't watched this, the final season. And I, yeah, I quite enjoy watching all them and enjoying the stories, and especially in terms of hope, especially stories. I think stories of hope and and growth in characters are what I enjoy the most. Fantastic. Well, Aaron, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, I've really enjoyed chatting about your books and and the things you've been doing in the world, your own personal adventures. Hopefully, you'll be able to get out uh, before too long with the rest of us and and uh, and get out on the road again. Um, but in the meantime, uh, folks can catch up with you on your Facebook group, which is um, Fantastic Adventures, and it's your fan zone. Um, so I hope people will check that out on Facebook and of course also your books, including the series descendants of the fall. And thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. And I hope everyone had a chance to look me up. Aaron Hodges on Amazon is always the fastest way to find me, but also on Facebook or even Google. And uh, if you have any questions about my, about my books or want to find out more, just hop on and send me a message. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I hope you'll catch up with this for a whole lot more from the whole fantasy and sci-fi focus community, which you'll find over on Facebook, as well as over at fantasy-focus.com. Leave a comment on this episode and let me know what's on your mind. Also, while you're on the website, on each podcast episode post, you'll find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite mobile app for iOS, Android, or even by email. Make sure to do that so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. We have some amazing authors scheduled over the next few months, including our next episode with author Michael Ross, and you won't want to miss that one. That's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at Jamie Davis Books and at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, where if you want to get a free look at some of my writing, you can get a free book just by signing up for my newsletter over there. Whatever you do, please subscribe. Come back here for the next podcast. And in the meantime, folks, while you're out there roaming around the world, Remember to keep your eyes open because there's magic all around you.